Hello. Hello. Um, there's obviously there's obviously a buzz about the place because uh, England have uh, managed to win the women's Euros. Not taken away from the team. Which do, and non-coincidentally, have a high number of lesbians um, playing for them. Uh, which, again, isn't a problem. But when people try and spin it in a way that suggests that if there's this many homosexuals playing in the female game, surely there's um, an equal if not comparable number in the male game, and we're just not completely aware about it because there's a toxic male culture that um, doesn't accept homosexuality in the same way as emotionally stable and accepting females do. Um, are women more accepting in general about uh, social issues uh, originally deemed as wrong? Yeah. Bit of a generalization to say, yeah, but yeah, there, there seems to be a bit more of an emotional awareness amongst the female category of society. But a lot of this is a uh, a cultural thing. And if you went to something like uh, the ballet or the pop music genre, traditionally uh, areas of life in which females prosper and male involvement, although not necessarily less common, definitely deemed as something that is anti-masculine, you would find a greater number of homosexuals amongst the men than you with the females. I mean, what are we... Are we... Are we pretending that's not a fact? Just because there's a high number of homosexuals representing the women's Euros does not mean that um, the village people should be lining out for Man City. What it does represent is the fact that females who... Naturally, as we are told, um, and which I do believe, find themselves attracted to the same sex are probably more likely to be interested in pastimes associated uh, with people who fancy the same and therefore have more masculine hobbies in certain ways and therefore play sports and play football at a young age as opposed to doing a cover of Boom Clap. The sound of your heart, the beat goes on and on and on. One of the worst songs ever written. And a bloke who likes the thought of his willy being touched um, by another man's willy a la fucking Zorro sword fighting is probably more likely to avoid the dressing rooms and the locker rooms of a male culture in which you're competitive with each other, not just about sport, but about your ability to attract females. Because all male competitiveness really is rooted in the level of female in which you can attract. Silent of despair 
Lester boy is going away and asking the um, unfortunately the, the Thai prostitutes to suck their farts. Um, Thailand, obviously, a country that is um, steeped in female trafficking and child prostitution, which makes it all the more um, sad as well as ironic when you watch Manchester United play Liverpool in the preseason friendly held in Thailand in which they take the knee for Black Lives Matter. Okay. Black Lives Matter, we can all agree on that. What are we doing about the um, the sex slave trafficking occurring with people under the age of fucking 10, two miles away from the ground, guys? Would that not be a more effective approach? To go to Thailand and wear t-shirts in the warm-up, saying do not shag 10-year-olds. Do not view tourists, English people, Irish people. Please do not come here and abuse our um, really, really backward and disgraceful laws or the concept of being able to shag a 15-year-old against her will. Um, And that's obviously why the Qatar World Cup, although something that was openly now made happen via corruption, that's why it is... So humorous and something that should be boycotted really by any football fan when it comes to your genuine interest. I know Eric Cantona said he's going to be opting out and what the King says I tend to do because there has been no footballer more real than Eric the King Cantona. And even if you're someone who wears the liver bird upon their chest or even if you're a fan of Manchester City, I think everybody secretly wants to have a bit of the Cantonas about them. And the fact that that World Cup has made someone like Gary Neville, who uses his Twitter account now to, what it seems like, forge a political career in which he'll represent Labour. I mean, I'd be against it, but anything that uh, stops, and I'm not even saying his name, re- I'm not saying his name, Anything that's against him is nearly viewed as a benefit now, but it, but Gary Neville's uh, use of Twitter to forge a political career and represent the uh, underprivileged and disadvantaged has now become immensely humorous because he does a segment on his Overlap channel in which he walks around Ka-fucking-tar, a country in which you're not allowed sword fight, um, you're not really allowed be a woman, um, and you're not allowed to live any type of life that involves self-expression that isn't recognised in the eyes of the law. He walks around with Beckham, someone who's previously been dealt with on this show, and doesn't question him on anything got to do with the corruption or inequality of the country in which the World Cup's taking place, but instead walks around the pool area of the hotel and discusses whether or not the players will enjoy it. And what's the food like? And... Do you think they'll miss bringing their girlfriends and wives like we used to bring to the World Cups? We all know about the girlfriends and wives of footballers. Because um, recently, two of them were in court or something that took place in Instagram. And I haven't really been the same since. Um, Someone studied law not only to represent both of the women, but to uh, 
to make a judgment on it. There was court time used for the case in which Rebecca Vardy, clearly someone whose social climbing rivals the best ever to go before her. I mean, let, let's be honest here. If 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 Kun Aguero took a second off playing the PlayStation and scoring goals in every big game he's ever fucking played in and asked Rebecca Vardy, does she want to have a fucking dance? Um, she'd turn her back on that Red Bull drinking, glorified Spawell 5 aside who, by the way, I really think's a fabulous player, but I really think that the standard Jamie Vardy reaches because his emotionally abusive wife uh, made it quite clear that if he isn't scoring 10 to 15 Premier League goals, she's out the fucking door. So that wasn't good enough for her anymore. Um, the fact that Jamie became a Premier League winner, a Champions League player, an FA Cup winner. So her jealousy of someone like probably Colleen Rooney, who went out with a genuine talent in the shape of Wayne. Great to hear home fans, booyah. That's loyal supporters. We all know Waza. Started probably whatever, leaking stories about her or some shit, and then Colleen Rooney probably bored off her fucking gills because she claims to be an entrepreneur, even though her real fame is the fact that she uh, was married and going out with the white Pele. Um before his fame, during his fame, and after it was, ignoring every fucking affair the walking potato had in which he was not actually attracting any of these women, but abusing, not them, not whatsoever, the sex was consensual, but abusing the fact that he was a gifted footballer and rich to have sex he had no entitlement to. Putting that ahead of his wife and kids, but she never left. She stayed at Wazza because she knew, actually, in reality, my only sense of identity has been Wayne Rooney's wife, although my fashion clothing brands and my fucking makeup might make it seem otherwise. I'm not taking this disrespect off Rebecca Vardy because she's just kind of one of me, but it's less hidden. And let's be honest, her fella's never been in the FIFA Pro World Eleven. She's not disrespecting me and I could also do with the fucking headlines because no one gives a shit about my weight gain and Santa Ponza anymore, the fact that Waz is licking a lollipop because now he's a manager who's claiming to save Derby County by paying wages, but when they go down, he's bouncing and has such little managerial integrity that he's bringing his coaching prowess to the MLS, where Bradley Wright Phillips scored goals. They used to, um... They used to decide MLS games after a draw um, by a player taking the ball on the halfway line and dribbling it towards the goalkeeper and trying to score that was their version of the penalty shootout I don't know you can say here listen Mick you are a big fat um, emotionally unstable hypocrite who's a personal friend of Bob Bradley's and who has had Sean Wright Phillips on the show someone whose family are steeped in MLS association and I'll say go fuck yourself that league shouldn't exist. But the world being so weak allowed that court case to take place and there was not only people who studied law and ended relationships because their legal exams got too stressful and said goodbye to that chick with the curly hair and the floral dress when they were 22 because they had to take some exam that they didn't want to do creatively or internally but because their uncle was judging them and now they're with some woman that they don't love hence every new intern that comes into the place has a better ass than the one who went before them and cocaine's become popular in their 40s that's how much they've sacrificed and they have to take this case on and they want to
Because it's probably the biggest moment of their fucking careers that they gave up their life over. Welcome to planet Earth. A planet Earth in which um, the female Euros is finally getting the credit it deserves. But the things that are surrounding it are immensely problematic. There was a one point in the final in which an English player took a shot from around 40 yards and the German goalkeeper saved it with her foot as if they were playing three and fucking in. There was also a moment in which I was watching a game and I'm all for commentators and a turn of phrase. And I'm all for um, it's boys versus men. I'm also for it's, it's, it's women versus girls in terms of expressing the the inequality of standards between two players. But when I heard, uh, when, when I heard the description of a defender um, easily uh, defending a piece of play by an attacker in which the attacker fell over and lost the ball, described as, it's like a mother and daughter playing in the back garden. It just made me feel a little bit sick. I mean, come on, guys. Maternal love shouldn't be turned into this competitive bullshit. And that coupled with the fact that when you're sitting in a bar, and watching guys who not only don't care about football or women or anything but themselves begin tunes like football's coming home when the English team are winning the Euros for the sole purpose of making it seem to the young left-wing women uh, head-to-toe in tricep tattoos and uh, just very small gold-hooped earrings just for the sake of making them feel like these men understand us as women, even though the women themselves have never played a fucking piece of sport. Because they want to pull them at the end of the night. You know we're all in trouble. And that's exactly what was happening. When I see England women win the Euros, I feel proud for that short back and sides, golf jumper wearing, woman with an inability to locate her clitoris who's been sitting on a golf handicap of 18 for 10 years because she's been raking bunkers. Um, I feel pride for her. But not the women who've never played sport, who don't give a shit about sport, who only give a shit about a false identity in the name of yoga and um, Aperol Spritz. And I also really, really have a strong issue with the dudes who have no passions and no interests in anything got to do with popular culture who are trying to rape these women and, and, and please don't accuse me of using the wrong word, rape these women via manipulation. We're quick to point out the rape in which um, females are uh, physically abused and pinned down and stripped, and as we should, but I also think we should up the ante with emotional rape. And there's a lot of guys marching for abortion because they're probably going to have to be involved in around four or five of them because they throw their pricks around with such lack of care. Marching for gay rights, even though the concept of homosexuality would sicken them more than would any actual old-school straight man, and also because they probably want less fucking competition. And now marching for the female Euros. Not into them. And I'm pretty sure those lioness heroes 
who took the tackles, uh, who scored the goals, who burst their lungs in the name of the of the shirt, would feel the same. I don't think they buy it. I don't think when um, Miss Williamson, and I'm not missing her out of sexism. You could say, yeah, uh, you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't say, uh, you wouldn't say Mr. Rooney or whatever. I understand that, but I'll, I'll level with your listeners. I don't know her fucking first name, but I don't know her name because I don't give a shit. But I'm not pretending to. I feel proud for people who achieve their goals, and I feel proud for women who fought against uh, the toxic culture of things like golf, gentlemen only, ladies forbidden. I'm happy they achieved their goal, but I'm not going to turn around and say I do care about uh, female sports. I support it. I think it should be huge. I think it should be uh, marketed correctly, but I, I'm not going to sit down and and go whopper cross. And maybe it is a toxic male ego me, or maybe it is because I remember the free kick I scored against Ballyogan when I was 15, and I don't think there was one player in that tournament who could do it. The whip on it was fucking phenomenal. And it is for that reason that my belief that the the lady who won the the Euros as the England manager, um, who previously won it with Holland, I mean, what a gaffer she must be, tactically spot on, philosophically spot on, what a motivator. I don't think she's ever lost a Euros game as a coach. My prediction is that she now gets a male job, either a championship club owned by a negligent owner who wants to do nothing but market his brand correctly in order to make profit, or an MLS team. And knowing our mate, Mr. Beckham, my predictions into Miami when Phil Neville is kind of found out to be Phil Neville. And although we'll get all the hits and Beckham will sit down with a smile on his face and pretending that he didn't... I'm not... I'm not... I'm not I've been told... The Rebecca Lute... Who sent Rebecca Luce to Norway. Um, we all know he's going to sit in that press and take all the credit for it. But for me, I don't know if it works. And I'm not saying that there'll be a revolt in the dressing room and the blokes won't buy it. But I think it will soften an already completely softened uh, pool of professional footballers who no longer care about winning and care about their own fucking wages their own brand, and leave preseason games at half fucking time and can now avoid criticism from the fucking fans and do it whilst knowing it will cause a complete media storm and doing it whilst knowing it will put their new gaffer in the shape of Eric Ten Hag, who we all know is a great coach, but we don't know if he has the fucking stones under a huge amount of pressure and judgment from fact people like me who can't do one kilometre in less than 26 minutes. And as opposed to revolting, they might buy into it, and we will now actually have a league and a football system in which we're pretending that this woman, who all of the men know, never... um, And listen, not all great managers have to be great players. You look at Mourinho, you even look at Fergie, although he'd tell you he was a great player, and he was. He's uncapped for Scotland. Although they weren't great players, they can still relate to the concept of things like testosterone. And knowing when a bloke is playing the fucking victim... And knowing when he has the option to not feel that fucking hamstring and not sit out because of that niggle. And I think by introducing women coaches to the male game, there'll be plenty more fucking Jack Grealishes and plenty more Anthony fucking Marshalls than there already is. Anthony Marshall, who, by the way, I've just recently been informed, is missing the opening game of the season. When it was so important for him to play after the preseason he's had because he has a hamstring niggle. 
and it's an opening day that I'm attending. And I've attended many opening days, and normally there's a huge buzz in the air of we can do fucking anything. And I'm not saying we can't really even do anything, because I believe every other club's fucked in terms of their psychology and philosophy, but that air and that kind of, the smell of the fucking ship van and that culture surrounding it is going to be very fucking interesting on the opening day of the season to see what the fuck it's about. Old Trafford used to be an escapism for for any huge fan who used to like visiting it. The side of the stadium was important as what really happened on the pitch. Uh, when you got into the airport in Manchester, endorphins entered your mind. It was home. It was yours. It was nothing got to do with your background. And for Mancunians, of course it was. It was in your family. It, it was, it was part of, um, it was part of your identity. But often foreign fans get a get a hard shake. I don't believe the Irish can, especially when it comes to Manchester United. I mean, the fucking club's founded on Paddy's. But there's an escapism from what you're coming from. You can bring a fucking girlfriend who is middle class South Dublin into a boozer in which men are topless, tattooed, and screaming, Is it sound? And she's used to a G&T and an Instagram post, and she's holding for Stella, and you're showing her the real you. That's Old Trafford. So opening day is always a, a great game to go to because that delusion of optimism is always in the fucking air. If these cunts have managed to take that delusional optimism out of Old Trafford, maybe some of us want to start talking about watching FC. And that's not about the three points, because I think the three points are guaranteed for United this weekend. Now, there's a possibility it's a, it's a 1-0 win with a deflected goal in which we have an underwhelming performance. Maybe we blow them out of the fucking water. We're a traditionally good opening day team. But it's just about the feel of the fucking club. And we all want to be optimistic and some people went a bit too far with the optimism because they probably felt the guilt over how negatively they felt about the club in the Solskjaer era so they started kind of believing in Ronaldo's return um, and, and that it was rooted in his love for the club as opposed to just the actions of a narcissist who wanted to go somewhere in which he knew he'd rule the fucking roost in a, in a manner in which he wouldn't be allowed to do anywhere else in Europe and who also bought into the concept of Ralph Ragnick um, been a positive influence on the club. I understand that they don't want to hear it, but there's a possibility if that spirit's gone, which let's hope it isn't, we're all in serious trouble. We're kind of like the uh, the parents of a of a missing child. You know what I mean? I, I don't understand. If your kid's gone for three to four years, these parents still looking for them. What, what, are you, what the fuck are you talking about? I presume you're only pretending to look for them because you want to seem like a good parent, but deep down you never really want to fucking know that they're in a forest with an axe jammed up their arse, um, murdered, and there's imagery there that will ruin your fucking life. The pursuit of missing people should end after around a month. And we should just start accepting they were absolutely fucking slaughtered and we don't want to know any more and we want to remember them as they were because we love them and we cherish them. But what the fuck do we want to know more detail for? That's a pretty weird thing. I think sometimes the old corrupt cops do quite a good job in uh, 
and leaving the families with the questions. You don't want to know what fucking happened, Mr. and Mrs. Thompson. I mean, you've complained about the fucking parking um, before you came into the station whilst your child is missing. If you knew the reality of what happened to little uh, Johnny, I don't even know what the fuck would happen to you. You might commit a crime yourself, or you'd definitely be a fucking huge burden on mental health services. We're still looking. We're still looking. Cops don't give a fuck. Why would they? Would people think cops actually care more about society? So they opted to be protectors of us. Cops are the biggest criminals. The old term of can't beat them, join them is is something that will always stand the test of time. I've never really met a copper who's a good person. And also, as opposed to pulling you in and giving you the ticket, the punishment for any crime should just be when the guard approaches your car and he attempts the jokes. That Middle Ireland, or I don't really want to comment on the geography of the English cops, sense of sarcasm, in which they know they're doing something so unimportant and you do not care. Okay, did I go a mile too fast? Did I break that light? Is my tail light out? Come on, man. Who cares? Just give me the ticket. They can never just give you the ticket. Why do you think I stopped you? I don't fucking care. I don't go into a fucking supermarket and the cunt goes... Why do you think I've told you there's two Kit-Kats for the price of one? He just does his fucking job. It should be stop, ticket, here's what happened, either pay it or deal with it in the fucking courts. Where are you coming from? Your ma's fucking beaver. Why? Where are you coming from? Do you live around here? What? Why? Where do you live, you cunt? And, and people play the role, it's coming from my girlfriend's. They nearly think they can like get a get a leg up by by presenting themselves as normal. You always hear guys when you're younger, I'm coming from my girlfriends. You're never coming from your fucking mate's gaff where four dudes were smoking hash and you were fighting over who's getting the dominoes this time. It's always I was just coming from my girlfriend's there. I have an exam tomorrow, so I'm going home, right? Why are you giving him your business? He's a cop. If I'm going too fast, if my light's broken, please tell me, officer, now fuck you and enjoy the rest of your day. You nosy, sad cunt. There's no need to take an attitude with me. No, no, it's not an attitude. It's got normal human communication. And your demands to be spoken to as a superior person because it seems like you couldn't achieve that in any other form of life than joining the literal fucking police, you cunt, um, is, is unfounded. So I'm not disrespecting you. I'm speaking to you the way I speak as everyone else, my dear pal. Calling them Garda. Guys, like, we're not in America. They're not in gunfights at nighttime. And and you can actually tell. One time I was with a group of my mates. We were 20. We were in California. We started thinking we were in a Thrills music video. So we got a fucking U-Haul van. And we went around collecting furniture in garage sales. Didn't use any of the fucking shit. We just wanted to fucking over-fucking-state the fact that we were in California and we were smelling independence for the first time. So there were three of us in the front of the U-Haul and there were six cunts in the back and we were doing fucking boxing fights. We were digging the heads off each other. Cunts were getting knocked into the side. The police pulled us over with fucking guns. Two proper policemen who have to fucking train and have normal lives. Pulled us over. Pull up. Um, 
six patties, potato munching fuckers who have ravaged their nation for the last 150 years anyway with crime and violence. And um, we're kids. We aren't old enough to drink. And we aren't strapped in with a seatbelt in the back of a U-Haul van causing nothing but trouble and being disrespectful to the general ambience of the city. They pull us up. Ask, what are you doing, guys? We've nothing to say. They ask, where do you live? We don't really know. We've just arrived here. We're on J1s and all, man. We shouldn't be here. Like, what are we doing? Is this, is this death penalty? They just go, here, dudes, just just swing it back towards towards where you're living, will you? This, come on. You're, you're, you're causing a bit of attention. Absolutely, Garda. Cheers. Where are you off to? We're going to Compton. There's been a mass murder and a huge influx of crystal meth in the last 24 hours. Oh, I appreciate you, Garda. Thanks for protecting us. See you, lads. Strap If that was in Ireland, you'd be in court six times, and probably the same goes for England. I was publicly urinating recently. Guy pulls up, fucking cop, his hat. They always try act harder as well when they're around the fucking female guard. If I were a boy, bollocks going on in the car. And, um... What you doing, mate? Sorry. Yeah, I've absolutely no excuse. I'm in that bar there and there's there's 16 people on the toilet. Yeah, I I'm, I'm I'm more embarrassed. Um I I think this is worse than you. It's it's horrendous. Well, where do we go from here? So he's so confused about the acknowledgement of, of of the menial crime and that he can't actually abuse his weird fucking sense of power that he doesn't really have. That he goes, "You shouldn't fucking be doing that, mate." I know. I, I'm more aware than you. It's public urination. It's appalling. And I'm willing to, to take any sort of fine for it, in fairness to you. Hmm. What, you're inside in that bar? Yeah, as stated, I'm inside in the bar. shouldn't be doing it. And I apologise again. As somebody's wall, you know. Yeah. I'm fully aware. It's public urination and it's wrong. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not even... I'm just sorry. I'm sorry that it's the community. Yeah. What's that in your pants, mate? Yeah, yeah, that looks like it's, uh, you came and I, I pulled out. Yeah, you got piss in your pants, mate. Okay, yeah. I got piss on my pants, mate. What, what are you, a guard or are you fucking Nelson Muntz? What are we doing here? Yeah. Piss in your pants, mate. Not a good look. No, it's not a good look. All right. Seriously, mate. All right, cheers, man. He just know where to go with it. Because they literally drive around looking for cunts to either take them seriously or get offended by their false sense of superiority so they can make an issue out of nothing. Um, but once again, guys, that's the society we live in. Mind you, a bit of fucking personal trainers and gym. I fucking joined a gym recently. I fucking wouldn't recommend that to anyone. Just be fat. If you can't diet, like only ever consider dieting in order to keep yourself in shape. First things first, I've said this to a few people, I'm suing them. Um, If you're as out of shape as me and you haven't exercised your body in as long as I have, you shouldn't have access to free weights for free use and shouldn't be allowed just squat and lunges if you know what you're doing because I couldn't walk for four fucking days. But not just that. The personal trainers, in order to justify their own sense of self, 
in which all they can really do is there's so many jobs in which you can push the boundaries. You can do something different, never heard before. But if you're personal training and you're being a nutritionist, actually, let me leave the nutritionist out of this. Respect to the nutritionist. If you're someone who's just telling people to lift weights and eat less scran, you're the same as the fuckers 20 years before you and you're going to be the same as 20 years after you. And I don't know why I'm expected to respect you just because of love handles. It's a choice, you stupid cunt. All right, so with your membership, you actually get four sessions with a trainer. Um, is an orgy with the English women's team an option? Can I have an orgy with a starting 11? Because I'd rather do that than take four training sessions off your personal fucking trainer. So he can again stand over you while you pull down the lat machine and needlessly criticize things and add complications to something that's quite simple. Listen... I sit here one of the fattest I've ever been. Not in terms of weight, but I've actually just lost muscle now. It's quite sad. I look at myself in the mirror and I go, oh shit, your arrogance is becoming less and less justified by the day. But I did lose 18 kilos in the spring of 2021. That's not a lie. People around me who saw it, I went from 106 to 88. Three months. Abused the body, didn't scratch. Anyone can do it. But they then come and if they even sense, sometimes they sense, if they sense that you're ignoring the concept of the personal trainer or their advice, they decide to start their training session. Is there anything fucking sadder than that? Training in the gym you work with, you sad cunt. And they come up beside you in a fucking beater and just do these real overcomplicated things where they jump on and off a box. And they're smug about it. They actually believe that everyone who goes to a gym's main ambition is to get in shape and they kind of think that you value it as much as they do. Like a cop who clearly decided to become a cop and literally become the enemy of the everyday man because he believes in the false power a guard gets and thinks that everyone does. And that's a common thing in society. We believe that everybody wants what we want. So sometimes you see people, sometimes you see people in false acts of smugness you even see it when like overly muscly cunts are advertising their body in a way in which they they fail to recognize that there's a huge chunk of society that just look at them and go, you insecure psychopath. If you're getting muscly, do it under the t-shirt and surprise us one day. Don't put it on Instagram. Or that woman, and even if she disguised it with this kind of pseudo- um, intellectual alternative approach and she might have a back tattoo whose ass is on her Instagram page and she's doing the whole I didn't even know I had a good ass thing she's the fucking same as the one who's just mooning you and spreading her arse cheeks in the name of a protein shake there's no difference between those two women don't think that for a second but she even believes her modesty is necessary because everybody wants that ass yes there's an argument my dear, that everyone would choose to have that ass definitely for a week and see where it got you. Maybe it would result in kind of repellent men approaching you more than your previous life did. You might go, it's not worth it because I'm accidentally ending up in, in conversations that actually have less depth. But everyone would take the option if it was overnight. But not everyone wants to work as hard for it as you do or has chosen to sacrifice as much as you. So that at the end of the day, my dear, is, is not a want. So stop mooning us. We don't really care. There's a lot of us out there that would probably like to grab it, um, whilst our, our witty might be might be doing other things. But 
Jesus Christ. We wouldn't stay for the poached eggs. So, it's your ass. Enjoy it. We don't want to know about it. Coppers, it's your sense of power. Fucking start a fantasy league with each other behind the office and get competitive about it. Stop talking to me about the piss on my jeans. I'm publicly urinating. We both know I'm doing wrong here. Let's move on or else do something about it. And personal trainers, stop training beside me as if I want to be jumping on and off a box holding a weight. Wearing a top that has no sleeves. Because I don't. And to the neighbours who live above me, who are having continuously loud sex, ah, ah, with that fake orgasm bullshit. And I know a lot of you will say, oh shit, the man who thinks that orgasms are fakes, obviously a man who um, doesn't have a tendency to make females orgasm when having sex. Yeah, I, I, I'd happily hold my hands up and go, there's a possibility that um, 0.8% of shags have taken part and have resulted in the woman orgasming. But is that not the truth for all of us? Who gives a fuck? Without being disrespectful, if you're priding yourself on the sex, you'd want to question what you are as a man. The best memories you create with some of the opposite sex should happen before and after, and you should recognize that um, their sexuality is a gift, and it's a performance, and it's a piece of theater, and you might not be able to be the greatest co-actor in that department because you're kind of immensely selfish, and narcissistic, which in a way makes your worldview slightly more interesting. But when it comes to actually me here tuttering away at you for half an hour so you can give me the, ah, I'm going to get bored and I'm probably going to lose blood flow with the penis. They're all fake anyway, that ah shit. And, and this, is, this is how you identify it. I've heard Norwegian ahs, American yaw, English, they're all the same accent. They're all fucking American. There's no woman that on the pursuit of orgasm needs to scream, ah, ah, if she stubs her toe, she's not screaming like that. She might go, oh, fuck. And the blokes are even weirder. Now, it's much more rare in the male community. Normally, it's a bit of a, oh, and that's fine, because he might do that if the water was a bit too hot in the shower. But the blokes were putting on a show um, that exceeds the first four nearly pumps of penetration, the entrance point, we shall call it, um, for suitability is also putting it on. They're, everyone experiences the kind of awkward 8, 6, 4, 14, 16 minutes that um, exists between the start of sex and the end. And if you're getting those, I feel like knocking up to the neighbor's guy, go, I'm not offended. There is kids across the road, by the way, and you're fucking torturing their futures by giving them a completely false um, perception of what sexual intercourse means. But um, why don't you just accept you don't know each other? What's wrong with your relationship that you need to scream not just this loud, or not just in that fake accent that I've talked about, but this often during the sex. But every part of it's that good. But you never hear the climax. I don't think they're climaxing. I think real climaxers are those four-minute cunts who are in and out with no ahs. Because it's genuine feeling. They've had fun before, they'll have fun after, they'll have a laugh about what they went through together, um, and they genuinely have an emotional connection. But it's the fuckers who don't know each other, some of which are probably personal trainers, who have met up in a bar, told um, themselves nothing about each other, have only kind of subtly threatened each other with um, minor cryptic claims that they're doing better in life than the other one, who then go home, have sex, and it becomes nearly a competition. And the awe isn't even a sense of, you're this good at shagging me. The awe is, 
I'm this expressive sexually. I love sex this much. So I'm going to use that to leverage my, my, my myself in this relationship and make sex this thing you want as well because I'm also going to give you this false delusion that you're making me feel like this and that big muscly prick is there thumping away like Rio Ferdinand in the sex tape that for some reason no one talks about that you can still get online. Rio Ferdinand, Kieran Dyer and Frank Lampard in an orgy is on the internet and Ferdinand is turning sex into a sport. It just looks tiring. I mean, I knew he was an athletic centre half, but th- this is a full workout. It looks terrible for both parties. Really fast. Um, and really jackhammer-esque. And for me, maybe, listen guys, maybe maybe it's a personal thing, but I, I genuinely, I just don't buy it. And before I go for this week, and as I, I said to you, that there's guests, of course, lined up on the MA show because... The MA show is, I don't think anyone can really doubt, probably the the best show in, in Europe for guests, just in terms of diversity. Now, again, I'm, I'm the guy who, who is the MA show, so maybe that's just me saying it, but I think there's definitely people listening to this are going, the whoring cunt's right. And look back. You're forgetting about episodes. You're going, oh, what? What? Look back. I, I do it some. I, I, I don't even remember half the cunts. Before I go and, and give you the whole thing about rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all that bollocks, which you should do, and also tell a few people that you like listening to the MA show, and although we're all, like, whatever, put it on your little fucking social media, do a bit of that shit again, you know what I mean? I've, I've, I've overdone the whole anti-social media to the point I nearly miss the fucking flames and shit and all that. I just, I just want to speak to anyone who's complaining to airports and, and, and people who talk about queues in airports and go on about it and bring it up to family dinners or even tweet the fucking airport. Shut the fuck up. If you feel so fucking self-important in life that you believe the airport that is landing um, things that are flown into our country by pilots who have done years of training who have passengers in the back taking on a level of responsibility that if you even experience for two seconds you'd ring your psychiatrist if you're going to go there and complain just fucking sit at home shut up about airport queues and all there's so many factors we're post fucking pandemic it's quite political there's economical situations going on if you're complaining about things like airports you're just going to complain about everything shut the fuck up and shane lowry shut up about your missing clubs shut up about your missing clubs and show up on a sunday will you for fuck's sake. It's like the fucking cunts who talk about fucking medical negligence. My dad went in there for a fucking heart operation and uh, the surgeon came in and he was saying things about the arteries and I was just saying to him, are you sure, you're, are you sure he's right? Are you? Are you sure he's right there, Georgie? He's, um, he's touching people's hearts with metal objects and... Uh, you spend 40 hours a week on YouTube um, having Logan Paul ask a guy, are you in her DMs, bro? I had to ask, are you in her DMs, though, bro? Do you like dick in a row? You tell me. Do you like dick in a row? It's a good question, though. It's a good question, though. And people think this is art, radio, entertainment, any of the fucking above. If you're watching that shit and asking, is the surgeon right? Just, just sit at home. Sit life out. I'm not going to encourage anyone to do anything stupid, but just sit it out and shut the fuck up and stop tweeting your complaints, you sad fucks. I don't want to see anyone moaning about airports. And sorry, while I have you, um, people are 
asking for Premier League predictions, and I'm I'm just not doing it. They they don't deserve um, a preseason prediction just based on the overall attitude of the fucking uh, capitalistic hellhole that football's presenting itself um, as it is right now. Fucking TikTok and all this bollocks. But um, Brentford are going down. Uh, I'm not getting into it. I think a lot of people listening to this who know football know they are. Don't question it. Back it. Brentford are going down. How many shall? It's been how many years, my oh, boy? You still don't know my chairs of joy. No need to go, just take it slow. Have you heard the Michael Anthony show? Makes me feel just fine. Makes me see the light. What about those tears? Believe my eyes. How's it make a fair? Makes me feel. 